It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. It's eight minutes after eight here on AM Live, and it's time for the Forum at Eight now. Now, many people, including political uh, parties, have expressed outrage and shock following the deaths of three learners at a school for the deaf in the Northwest Province. The girls' hostel at Leo Dwerangstad was gutted in the early hours of Monday. Fifty-four other girls were hospitalized for smoke inhalation. The Provincial Department of Education has uh, been asked to submit a comprehensive report for discussion at the provincial legislature this afternoon. The Portfolio Committee on Education rejected the initial report by the Education Department saying that it lacked detail and left members of the Portfolio Committee having to guess what actually transpired that morning. And this of course raises more pertinent questions about whether we as a society are ignoring the rights of uh, children with disabilities. And this is the focus of our discussion this morning. And joining us is uh, Dr. Joseph, uh, Dr. Moses, rather, uh, Similane, who's Director of Inclusive Education at the Department of Basic Education. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Dr. Similane. Um, good morning, sir. Thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, we also have with us uh, Nombulelo Nyatela, who's National Spokeswoman for Equal Education. Thanks for your time as well. Thank you for having us. Now, obviously, this is a really, really tragic story, and, and, and it's sad that it had to take something like this, um, you know, to once again uh, put the spotlight on the plight of children with disabilities. Now, let me just start off by asking Dr. Smelane, does our legislative framework in South Africa meet international human rights standards and principles with regard to the rights of people with disabilities? Um, thank you for the question. Um, yes, I would say definitely yes. Um, our legislative framework does um, align itself with um, international instruments on the rights of um, um, people with disabilities. Um, for instance, um, as South Africa, we, we ratified the UN Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities um, as government in 2007. So we are among the first few countries to have ratified that, that convention. And um, in the convention there is Article 24, which speaks to, um, in, in, in broad terms, it, it speaks to mainstreaming of disabilities when it comes to access to education. And of course, that right of uh, children to effectively access education, um, health care services, rehabilitation services, um, for a long time, you know, has been lamented and, and, and people have been very unhappy and uh, stating that, for example, in schools, you often have these long waiting lists um, uh, and people have to wait for substantial amounts of times for children with disabilities to actually be placed. Why is this the case? Well, I think um, where we need to start, um, and that's what we've been trying to do as, as the Department of Basic Education, is basically it's more about actually advocating for the rights of um, um, children with disabilities in particular in, in parent um, communities. And I, I don't think we've done enough advocacy uh, because um, you, will, you will be aware that... Um, particularly from an African perspective, 
Um, if, if, if a child with a disability is born in a family, um, there, are, there are lots of reasons and factors that are attributed to that, um, issues of, you know, being cursed or something like that, to an extent that um, in the main, especially in deep rural environments, you would find that um, children are kept at home um, because they are not allowed to go out to society and in communities and, and mix up with the rest. Um, that, that's the question of the myth that we have about people with disabilities. But um, coming to the issue of waiting lists, um, the, we have an admissions policy um, which actually provides guidance to schools in terms of what do, what do schools have to do whenever a parent brings a child with a disability. And I must say that the admissions policy does not talk about taking a child to a special school, for instance, but um, with a lack of information, adequate information, Parents tend to take their children to um, uh, the nearest special school they can get, which in some instances usually is hundreds of kilometers away from, from the community in which they live. And then what tends to happen is um, then the child um, will be put on a waiting list without even doing um, any form of assessment um, to, to actually establish whether the child really has to go to a, a, a special school or should just go to a mainstream school because we, we, we haven't had a framework um, in a form of a policy for um, starting the process of assessment. In the admission policy, it is clearly stipulated that a head of department in a provincial department is actually responsible for arranging as a matter of agency, an assessment of a child with special needs or a child with a disability for proper placement at a school. So that it doesn't even mention the issue of a waiting list. But I think it's, it's an issue of desperation on the side of the parents and the special schools being few. I mean, 453 out uh, compared to about 25,000. Um, mainstream schools. That is why the policy talks about taking a child, whether a child has a disability, but the child must be taken to a local uh, public ordinary school or a mainstream school. So the issue of waiting this is because as a department we haven't put in place systems that are effective to actually do the assessment to understand the disability and therefore to look for a proper placement so that children are not kept in waiting list. But that, mm. that, that is something that we are addressing as a department. Which is really unfortunate if one considers the fact that South Africa was one of the first countries to ratify the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities in 2007. And yet today we are still talking about unfortunate situations, um, you know, which leads me to ask the question whether the Department of Education and, um, you know, schools uh, by their very nature are, as uh, the Human Rights uh, uh, Watch report was asking, complicit in the exclusion of children with disabilities. Um, 
Look, I, I, I would say um, there's a lot of there's a lot of there are a lot of challenges actually. I, the one Dr. Smelane. Dr. Smelani, I believe the line is really, really poor. Uh, some people struggling to hear you. So what we're going to do, I'm going to put you back to the production team and then we'll try and get you on a better line. In the meantime, I'm going to move over to uh, Nombulelo Nyatela, who is a spokeswoman for Equal Education, uh, to find out what your view is on, you know, um, children with disabilities and whether the schooling system, um, you know, is actually serious about, you know, including them in a meaningful way in its services? So we as Equal Education obviously very disturbed about what happened in the Northwest yesterday. Um, but even more so, um, our own research, I mean, besides the fact that the um, Human Rights Watch report um, tells us that there's a mass exclusion of learners with um, disabilities, but our own social audit that we took um, last year, which is focused on sanitation, but looked at other key indicators as well, showed us um, that there was mass exclusion of learners in those 200 schools that we audited. So it's not something unfounded and something new. This is something that is happening every day. We worked with an organization called Tiding Utando. These are parents that came together who tried to get their learners included in the mainstream education system because their own children were being excluded. Their own children couldn't access school. Their own children couldn't, you know, get the proper education that they needed. So um, I think that the Department of Basic Education definitely needs to take some of the blame. Um, you know, it's simple things like um, fixing school infrastructure, um, making sure that there's teachers that can be able to do these assessments that the doctor is talking about. Um, we think that there's definitely, they're definitely complicit in the exclusion. Um, not enough is being done. It's very clear. I think the Human Rights Watch report um, is, is shocking, and it speaks about 135 lived experiences of parents and learners, and that can't be a lie. You can't fabricate stories of people that say that we tried to go to school and couldn't go to school um, because they told us that, A, we have to pay more money, or B, um, they can't accommodate my child because he's naughty because he's got Down syndrome. This is very real lived experiences, and the Department of Basic Education needs to step up. And um, just talking about, you know, some of those lived experiences, were people able to say what sort of resistance they actually faced, uh, you know, when trying to enroll their children in schools? Absolutely. Um, well, from our personal experiences um, with, the, with the organization we worked with, Sitimu um, Tando, these parents um, formed the organization because when they looked around, they felt that they were not the only ones experiencing this type of resistance. So they try to take their learner to school, they'd be placed on a waiting list, or they'd say, no, we can't accommodate the learner, which is probably true. The truth is that if the learner's on a wheelchair and there are no ramps in the school, the school can't accommodate the child. Um, if the child has some sort of special needs and the teacher's not trained to um, you know, be able to teach a child like that, then they really can't take care of the child. So there definitely needs to be a bit more effort on the side of the department. But um, in the in the Human Rights Watch report, um, uh, one lady named um, Tandy from Guanasi, I think in in KZN, um, her eight year old son has not been to school because um, they they said they can't accommodate the child because he has Down syndrome, he's too naughty. So I mean, those are some of the problems that um, people face every day, um, and there's plenty of um, stories in the Human Rights Watch report.
Mm. Now, the majority of people with disabilities in South Africa have been excluded from mainstream society and have been prevented from accessing fundamental social, political and economic rights. And we are asking this morning whether we are ignoring the rights of children with disabilities. And uh, just looking at uh, some of the research that has been done by Equal Education, by Human Rights Watch, it really does paint a very bleak picture. But uh, what I would love to hear is uh, perhaps more lived experiences as well from parents or from people with disabilities and what they go through on a daily basis. 0891104 is uh, 208 is our call-in number. You can SMS us uh, on 34701 at a cost of one rand. Alternatively, tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And just to remind our guests this morning, uh, Dr. Moses Simelane, who's Director of Inclusive Education at the Department of Basic Education and Norm Bulelo Nyatela, who's National Spokeswoman for Equal Education. Uh, Dr. Simelane, we have you back, hopefully on a better line. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Much thank better. So, so uh, before uh, we actually uh, cut that uh, line to you, we were talking about whether the department was actually complicit in ignoring the rights of children um, in accessing schools. Look, um, I wouldn't say that the department is actually complicit, um, at least not not um, del- deliberately or directly so. But um, I think um, it's a question of it's a question of development. It's a question of information. It's a question of advocacy, and it's a question of talking with um, same messages and not mixed messages. And again, um, there are developments that have been taking place over the years um, which are actually directed to our court, even children with disabilities, their right to basic education. I mean, one can mention here, for instance, that for the first time in, in the history of, of, of education, we have developed um, a South African sign language subject because that is a home language for um, people who are deaf, and therefore it is also a language of teaching and learning for learners who are deaf, um, which its implementation is, has actually started this year. And um, last year, again, um, the department finalized and, and, and promulgated a policy on, on, on accommodation, reasonable accommodation, which are actually um, encapsulated in the UN Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities so that um, children with disabilities in the main who are in education, accessing education, can be granted concessions um, in respect of their disabilities. And then at the end of the year last year, um, basic education also promulgated a policy on screening and identification of barriers to learning, um, including disabilities. And in that policy, there are even tools like forms that are attached to the policy. Um, one of the forms is, is a diagnostic tool, which is used by health professionals to diagnose a disability, to assess a disability, so that as a, as a department of education and teachers in particular are given a sense of um, in what way 
does a, a, a disability that a child has um, act as a barrier to learning, to accessing um, education appropriately and effectively, so that then from an education perspective, we are then able to respond in appropriate measures uh, to, to, to make sure that every child is engaged um, in teaching and learning. So there are lots of developments, and currently we've just finalized a draft of a curriculum which includes skill, uh, skills and vocational um, curriculum, which is going to lead to um, acquisition of a certificate at an equivalent of grade 9. I know that there has been, um, you know, mixed, mixed reactions to what uh, basic education is introducing. But this is to cater for even um, learners with intellectual disability who in the main can progress up to a level of grade nine, but they should be given skills that um, um, will be recognized through certification, accredited certificate, so that they can even um, go to a world of work. They can even, some of them can even transition to a world of work or even study further in line of occupations or vocations or mm. technologies, uh, uh, things like that. Because currently we have a purely academic curriculum. And it's not only for children with disabilities, it's for any child who chooses. Because we, we should be mindful of the fact that it's not every person who is academically inclined. And with that recognition, that is why then the department is finalizing a curriculum that will have skills and vocations and occupations in it. Um, so, what, what, yeah, so the long and short of what I'm saying is um, there are developments. And we um, even we finalized, we have got now a draft of funding norms and standards for an inclusive education system. What does that mean? Um, It's actually looking at how do you um, allocate funding across provinces so that it's standardized. At the moment, we have got huge disparities in terms of how inclusive education is funded in the country across different provinces. There are provinces that are doing so well. There are provinces that are really struggling. But we cannot allow um, these disparities to continue. Hence, we, we've put together um, the draft funding norms so that they will be guiding the entire system in terms of allocating funding and in terms of resourcing the mm. development of an inclusive system. Yeah. And Nombulela, what's been your experience? What's your response to what uh, Dr. Similane is saying? Um, we think that that sounds absolutely amazing and we hope that the implementation is be speedy and amazing as well um, on the part of the Department of Basic Education because a lot of these things aren't new and yet we are still in this particular situation. Um, We think that obviously we also need to fix the basics. So all these things are very high level, but we need to fix the very basics that we can fix so quickly, like the fact that um, learners are not accessing education um, because of arbitrary and unchecked rules in the schools. Many of these learners can be quickly accommodated into the mainstream education system, but schools do as they please, SGBs do as they please, and I think that the Department of Basic Education needs to clamp down on that. 
Um, the issue of discriminatory, discriminatory fees, particularly in schools where there should be no, uh, no fee-paying schools, where um, learners with disabilities are still asked to pay certain amounts or have to incur extra costs. Um, and I think that the department, again, can clamp down on that very quickly. You know, we don't need um, huge policies for that. These are policies that already exist. But we also know that, for example, on the issue of transport, transporting learners to um, school, um, that is still a major problem. And I know that the department was presenting to the Appropriations Committee on a national policy for scholar transport. We hope that this is um, sort of concluded very quickly because this will alleviate the burden of so many parents that have to pay extra fees to take their learners to school. Um, and, of course, things like violence, abuse, and neglect, I mean, you know, if we have an entire department that is dedicated to inclusion of learners with disabilities in school, surely there should be activations at school to have awareness, and learners shouldn't be um, experiencing that type of violence um, um, and neglect in their school. So I think that that's something the department should look at as well. And, you know, the doctors absolutely speaking about, you know, great things, and these excite us, but we hope that they are implemented um, and that, you know, if the Human Rights Watch um, has to release another report, we see huge improvements. This morning on the Forum Date, we are asking whether we as a nation are ignoring the rights of children with disabilities. So I'd love to hear your views on 891 Speaking to uh, Dr. Moses Melane from the Department of Basic Education and Nombulelo Nyatela from Equal Education. And uh, let's go to John calling us from Pulukwane. Good morning. Sabina, morning. Hello, John. Uh, morning to you and your listeners. Welcome. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm talking to you as a former student uh, with disability in one of the SETs in Limpopo. Yes, John? Uh, I studied for four and a half years without any supporting equipment or uh, anything of that nature. You know, I studied for four and a half years in a certain institution here in, in, in Limpopo. And currently, as I'm talking to you, there are around seven or ten students, from seven up to ten students, that are facing an exam in two months to come. And uh, they are not ready, I, 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 I can tell you that, because they, have, they, they, they received nothing from the, I mean, nothing, I mean, any support, they, 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 they never received any uh, supporting equipment from the institution or the, the, the department. And this is a social story, and uh, I think the, the, the department must do something about this matter. John? This is an urgent issue. You talk about, uh, uh, you, you say you know of students who are currently struggling, uh, students with disabilities. Are you able to tell us where this is, how many of them there are, so that perhaps the department could go and intervene in this instance? These students, I think they are about 10, but the seven of them, they are visually impaired, and then three to four, uh, I think they are, are having physical disabilities. And then what we expect that to, for, for, from the department is for the department to provide this visually impaired student with a laptop with a just a speech software so that they can be able to read for themselves. And then we expect that the department to provide this student, I mean this physically uh, student with a electric wheelchair and crutches, since these students are depending on other students to, 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 to assist them to get to the a, a college on a daily basis. So, so if, 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 if maybe, let's say, this student, I mean, one of these students that doesn't get 
assistance from any other student, I mean so from the next student. Therefore, it means this student, they are continuously missing their classes. Okay. And then they, they, they are all, they are, they are sitting an exam because even right now, most of them, they haven't finished writing their internal, internal exams and tests because they, 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 they depend on other students to assist them. The, the institution does not provide any uh, 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 academic support, even the department. And then these students, they are not going to, uh, 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 I mean, they are not going to progress. And I, and I know one of the students who was supposed to complete an 18-month course. Uh, but now, it means, I mean, it, it, it seems as if the, she's saving around eight years, trying to, struggling to complete an 18-month course. Eight years? With, yeah, around eight to ten years. And then, I mean, from, from my point of view, this, this is just not on. Uh, John, tell me, let, uh, what is your disability? My, 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 my disability, I'm, I'm, I'm also visually impaired. I studied for four and a half years without any academic support. But fortunately, I was able to complete on time. But the, 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 the sad part is that I'm the only student with disability who ever completed a course in this institution. Most of them have just dropped out due to these challenges that they are facing on a daily basis. Okay. John, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I did call for people to actually share their plight. And, you know, maybe this will spur us on uh, uh, to have a change of heart and spur the department, the various departments into action so that something can be done um, in order to rectify this situation. Let's speak to Homozo in Esalen Park. Good morning. I've been told that you are all well. Sakina, <laughs> there are merits of uh, issues that I would say uh, I can criticize on the, uh, in relation to people with disabilities. But in defense of the Department of Education, I really do not support an issue of inclusive education, bearing in mind the nature of disabilities that we have. I went to a school called Philadelphia Secondary School in Sashangovi. And uh, there, there are facilities there that are, that are meant to cater for different uh, disabilities. Although I must concede that the, the, the facilities and the flexibilities thereof depend entirely on the province and the geographical location of the school, I am not dismissive of the fact that in other places there are serious challenges that they are facing, hence the parents even advocate for inclusive education. On the, on, on the issue in relation to the previous caller, I also do want to say that I am in defense of uh, various institutions and the government as a whole. I studied at the University of Venda. Despite it being a, a rural university, Sakina, the people with disabilities are taken, given first preference in most, if not all, areas of their academic life. Yes, there are challenges, but there's also much that is being done to address it. I think the previous scholars' concerns are mainly based on an institution, not on a holistic point of view, because there's a lot that is currently happening to address issues of disability. As I said, that I can't be noting those that I want, I, I stand to criticize greatly, because the, the, the content and the context of this debate is not centered around that. But in a nutshell, Sakina, we do have a lot of progress that is taking place. We just need to sensitize people and parents around what is there for their kids 
and also change the mindset that once the child is a person living with a disability, to prove a point that your child is normal or rather able to, then you need to take your child to an, an inclusive education institution. They can be in a school for learners with special educational needs, but just inculcate within them a culture of competing and going out there to prove to people that they can do that which others can do, despite their limitations. We, okay. don't, have, we don't have to change the whole, the whole education system. We just have to adapt that which is there to fit the rest. Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much, Komotsa and Esalen Park. Let's go back to Polokwane. GM, good morning. Yes, I am. Good, thanks. Uh, uh, thank you. Know, the issue is that uh, maybe referring to, to, the, to, to Dr. Smeran, uh, first of all, you find that uh, up to this moment in South Africa, there is no any any institution which dealing with, the, with, with our children in terms of ECD, early child development. And this, is, this causes a lot of problems because the time when our, 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 our children started uh, grade one, mm you find that they they already be far behind from others. And that is another cause of the problem. Again, that little support which the government is doing to our schools, our special schools, is, is, is worrying cumbersome because you find that uh, this, this issue of changing the curriculum since, since 1994, it, 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 it created a very big cause on our, on, on our children. Then that is why I, uh, uh, we, we find that uh, the government must have a, a, a strong support to our, our our children to make sure that, we, especially the ECD, the, 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 those which we call the crashes and the and the, and the, the, the pre-classes and so on, we don't find them anywhere. But when we go to the Department of Education trying to inquire, they say they are there and we don't see anything of some kind. And I think that's a very good point. Thank you so much, uh, GM in Pulukwane. Tepiso in Cape Town, good morning. Um, good morning, Sakina. I know you're doing well. Um, you know what, Sakina? As much as the government has done so much for people with disability in general in South Africa, and I commend them for doing that, but when it comes to education, I'm sorry to be a pessimistic, but I think we still have a long way to go when it comes to giving a child with disability quality education and even making the environment conducive for them to learn in that schooling environment. One of your guests, I've forgotten his name, has mentioned that we have ratified the, the convention on, on the rights of persons I actually mentioned that. Yes. Yeah. yes, we have. It's all good and well to say that we have ratified it, but when it comes to the practicality and reality to empower and change a life of a child with a disability in South Africa, is still a struggle. In all those schools, if I can ask... Um, one of your, your panelists as well, I think it's from the department, as to how many, to be specific, as to how many deaf children or deaf pupils are in institution of higher learning and is it accessible for them and are being, have they been encouraged to further their studies instead of going to a vocational stream to, to be professionals of this country, to contribute to the economy of this country, even to create jobs for the other fellow black um, deaf people or people in general. Is Article 24 Article 2 and 7 of the UN and Convention of the Rights of Persons with Disability, a reality to people with disabilities in South Africa, especially a child with disability. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Tsepiso in Cape Town. And if you've just tuned in and um, wondering what we're talking about this morning, we are asking whether we are ignoring the rights of children with disabilities and taking your calls on 891 Let's go to Middleburg now. Mantateng, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And you? I'm fine. And good morning to your panelists today. Uh, Sakina, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate because yesterday I was talking with my neighbor. They've got a daughter who is not doing well at school from primary. She is now at grade nine. She has been pushed because of the age. Nothing is done. I don't know how can we assist that child because she loves school. She never, she's always at school, very smart girl, but she can't get school. You know, I'm not sure how we can assist, but one was, was suggesting that we reintroduce the nurse, uh, school nursing so that kids are assessed as they come in because now I understand things are changing, but what about those that are already at the higher higher uh, mm. uh, at secondary? How are we going to assist them? Because this child, you know, we don't know what is happening. She goes to school every day. But she fails. She does get to school in the class and then comes out every day. But she, she communicates so well. She is so good. She is good in everything. But we, we just don't know what is the problem. And maybe we could ask, where can we take this uh, girl to, to, to be assisted so that they find out what is really problem with this uh, uh, girl. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll try and get an answer for you on that one, Mantating. And uh, Maxine Saldana, good morning. Good day to you, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you, Max? I'm good. Sakina, I, I'm a bit privileged, so to say. I was a ward councillor in Saldana, I was a member of parliament for 10 years. However... People are discriminating against us simply because we are disabled. I'm in a wheelchair. I was ex- I got a wheelchair accident, a motor car accident in 1993. I'm still I'm, I'm since wheelchair bound. Now, for me to to take out an insurance policy on my life, I just don't get it. If I do get one, then I have to pay absorbent amounts. So much so, the last time I paid 1,800 rand for a life policy where a person who don't have an accident would pay something like 200, 150 rand. That is so expensive. I'm using a cushion on my wheelchair. My cushion cost me 6,500 rand. So I'm saying financially, disabled people, most of them are normally people who live from, from, from the, the, the ground that we get from government. Mm. It's very difficult for us disabled people. It's very expensive. Our life is so expensive. Whatever I do, I need a person to assist me, to drive me around. Those are all additional costs. It's just too expensive for disabled people. But the point I want to make is, uh, is, this, is the insurance industry, and the, the money that we pay is absorbent. In fact, 
One industry told me, one insurance company told me, when I asked them, why must I pay that much? They told me I'm dead already. Wow. Because prior to my injury, I, I was also I was also covered for disability grant, right? Because I'm not dead, my disability grant came in. I got those money, but now meaning I can't get a, a, a policy anymore simply because my hands don't work, my feet don't work, which means I'm 100% disabled according to law, but now they say I must pay that much money. That is unfair for people living with disabilities because in my community that I love, I do contribute, I make contributions every year, every day. I help people, people come to my house, I go to the office, you can ask all people in the community, in Sazama, in the West Coast, I still contribute. But for me, to make that meaningful contribution, it is very, very expensive. Thank you so much uh, for sharing that with us, uh, Max and Zaldana. I actually have, you know... Um, goosebumps because it, it, it just seems so unbelievable that people could be so cruel but let's hear from stanley in durban who's a teacher good morning stanley good morning sakina welcome yes i'm a teacher i just uh, you know with due respect to your guests uh, from the department of education i want to say that schools you know although they have the grand plan of in- inclusive education Schools are not adequate. They don't have the adequate infrastructure. For example, we don't have uh, ramps for wheelchairs, toilets for disabled children. And I don't think teachers are adequately trained to handle learners with barriers in the same classroom as a normal learner. So although the plan is great, but we need to, uh, you know, uh, adjust the infrastructure and train teachers to, uh, you know, to handle the situation. Mm, and that is a very important point. Uh, Stanley, thanks for pointing that out. Uh, Victor in Pretoria, good morning. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Uh, I wanted to make a comment with regard to education of, of persons with disability. Uh, let me start it from early childhood development, uh, a, a program that perhaps the Department of Education has not yet given it uh, that much care. We have a challenge with regard to inclusive education uh, in particular because, you see, young children, particularly at, at a toddler level, where they, they are excluded by, even by children of their age, they will tell you that they do not their friends because they do not want to play with them. I'm not so sure as to whether there's a proper planning or there's a research that combines both the economic condition of the country and the need of persons with disabilities in our country, because I wanted to back up the, the previous teacher that has spoken in terms of including or integrating people with disabilities, because at that time, at times, it disadvantages children themselves. Mm. Thank you so much, Victor, in Pretoria. Ooh, a lot has been said. Uh, let me come back uh, to my guests on the forum date this morning. Uh, we ask whether the rights of children with disabilities are being ignored. And here are some of your messages. Uh, Dok in at the University of Limpopo says, being in LSN schools exclusively deprives children with disabilities a chance to socialize with other people on a larger scale. And this is the reason why other people fail to understand and accept such children in society. This one unsigned says Dr. Smelane just drones on while children remain neglected and nothing will change. Another one says cause of child neglect is sadly too many children from uncaring parents who are 
often only concerned with the grants that such children provide. Temingos in Tatiso from Cape Town says, Hi Sakina, I'm disabled and the problem is accessibility. Our schools are not suitable structurally for people living with disabilities. And Bongani Zuma in Howick uh, KZN says, uh, Sakina, my son is 14. He has been diagnosed with a visual motor integration dysfunction. He's currently in grade 8. Where can I go for help? And um, <clears throat> this one from Mary. Mary says, is there any diploma or two-year training um, where, so that we can encourage our brothers and sisters who have matric to register in order to work with children who have disabilities? And Tabo says, the state must stop giving grants to able single mothers and focus on disabled people. That's from Tabo. And just a few others here on my Twitter timeline very quickly. Fox and Caesar says, it's so sad about uh, disabled kids as well as adults. Even the taxi drivers won't stop to pick them up. Tlotliso uh, Mputi says, schools and townships don't accommodate kids with disabilities. Uh, they can't uh, if the Department of Education doesn't prioritize this. And then Tony says, learners with special needs don't have ABET centers and teachers aren't properly trained to teach such learners and teachers for learners with disabilities go to school to rest. The DBE doesn't hold them accountable for the high failure rate. Um, Stereza Nzama says for as long as the society treats us people with disabilities as uh, disability grant recipients, our lives will never improve. Our government's laws are all good and glamorous uh, on a piece of paper, but the implementation thereof is a total failure. Gaz says uh, you fast-track the introduction of Mandarin to schools, yet you drag your feet when it comes to accommodating disabled learners. That's DBSA for you. And then Pula says, uh, to say something is being done for pupils with disabilities in South Africa is an offense to the people who suffer. And um, this one from Teleli says, um, Teleli says, uh, individualism and lack of empathy is a cancer in our society and people really don't care about the next person anymore. So quite a bit has been said. Uh, let's try and run through them uh, to answer as many of them as we can. Uh, Dr. Simenane, um, firstly, I mean, um, uh, let's just look at uh, the question uh, from... Bongani Zuma in Hawick. 14-year-old child, um, a VMID, where does he go to get help? Um, I, I, um, Bongani is actually most welcome to contact us um, because that's what we've been doing. We've been assisting communities and parents um, to get their children placed um, in, different, in different schools, be it special schools or schools that some people know them to be. Um, I, can give, I can give even my contact details and my email address. I'll tell you so what we'll do. What we'll do, uh, there's a noise on the line, so I'm, I'm just worried people might not be able to hear that. We'll take your details, we'll post them on our various platforms, and we'll also facilitate so you can send it to us and we will forward it uh, to the Department of Education. So um, uh, we've got that one down. So that would that apply to the question of assessments as well that uh, Man Tateng was also talking about? Definitely. Okay. Yes. So... Um, Maybe if 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 you could allow me, um, I would try to 
respond um, maybe to some of the issues that were raised. Um, maybe try to summarize them mm-hmm. in terms of um, what could be done and what do we, do we need to think of. Please. Maybe my, my, my um, precursor to that is that, um, you know, dealing with disabilities requires a multidisciplinary approach. I think as a department of basic education alone, we cannot um, meet all the needs. We need department of health, we need social development, we need department of transport to come on board. So we need to have that interdepartmental collaboration and partnership. And even with sectors that are involved in disabilities, NGOs, civil society, and all the rest, because a lot of expertise exists out there. It's just that maybe we have not taken full advantage of um, the expertise, the knowledge, the experience that can assist us in stepping up um, our implementation of the policy. I think that's that's the most important um, observation that um, we have made as a department, that we need all the stakeholders. Um, and what about teachers? I want, um, if you can quickly, very briefly, just touch on the, e- the issue of ECD and teachers and, you know, their training. Yes. Um, with regard to ECD, um, we, mu- we must remember that um, it's a shared responsibility. Um, ECD is a shared responsibility between Department of Basic Education, Social Development and Department of Health, um, especially the ECD centers a responsibility of um, the Department of Social Development. But we are working with that department to provide education programs or stimulation programs. And um, we've we've recently developed um, a stimulation program which can be used in centers um, that are admitting or are hosting children with profound, severe to profound disabilities. Um, so we have got that partnership going. It's just that we need to step it up um, uh, because the challenges are great. And uh, that, unfortunately, is all we have time for this morning. Uh, we will follow up. Uh, we'll try and get an answer there uh, for John as well. We'll try and find out where that school is so we can pass that information on to uh, Dr. Simelane. And thank you so much to him, Director of Inclusive Education at the Department of Basic Education, as well as National Spokeswoman for Equal Education, Nombulelo Nyatela, and to you as always. It's uh, just after nine and time for news with Nomsam Luli.